I would say worldwide, it's not bees aren't doing very well, unfortunately. Um, they're in decline at the moment. I mean, there's lots of things you can do just in your backyard by either leaving a little area you don't have to mow or planting some wildflowers or just letting kind of the space grow naturally the way it was. It doesn't even have to be your whole yard. Welcome to Seismic, a podcast celebrating good people doing great things. Hello and welcome to Seismic Wales, the podcast about good people doing great things. And yes, we're back. It's been six months. Sorry we've been away, um, but I'm back here with Christian, Lindsay and Rachel. How are you all doing? Christian, have you been busy over the last uh, six months? Yeah, put me on the spot. How do I sum up six months uh, of a global pandemic? Uh, Yeah, busy. Um, I think it's probably affected us all in different ways. My work, um, I've shifted to home working full time. So I just feel like 98% of my life is in, you know, a small room. Um, so yeah, it's been a real challenge. I think the big, the hardest thing is I've really tried to sort of stay physically and mentally well. Uh, I think we all have. Um, so it's just trying, trying to stay afloat, keep well, keep fit, um, see family and friends when I can, like safely. And actually it's interesting. I've always sort of uh, preferred kind of hills and mountains, but actually for me, because I won a lot, I think you know that um, the Wales Coast Path has been a bit of a salvation for me because it's quite close to where I am. I can get to it Pinar quite quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, thanks. Yeah, well that's well that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, running has kept me sane as well. I, I know what you mean, like keep getting outdoors. It's been so important, isn't it? Um, Rachel, have you been out and about much or uh, or at home most of the last uh, half of it, half of a year? Um, yeah, I have been out quite a lot. I found quite a new cycle pass that I've really enjoyed. So I've been getting out and about on my bike a lot more, which has been great. It's I've had it for quite a long time and I haven't really used it very much. So that was really good to be able to do that. And I've also started teaching myself how to cook because before kind of pandemic, I would struggle to cook, like to fry an egg. And now the other day I managed to cook a whole Christmas lunch, which was really good. Um, and yeah, just keeping busy. I've uh, learned how to make earrings. So I now have about 100 different pairs of earrings, which is brilliant. But, uh, yeah. Excellent. You've been ticking off all those goals that most of us aim to achieve. And <laughs> yeah, then didn't, they never I mean, do. I, I, exactly. I was going to learn French and that didn't go very far. So well Making done, Making earrings. That's, 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 yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's really good, actually. It's, really, it's a lot easier to do than what you think it, um, it would be. But everything's quite small, so you have to have quite a lot of patience. Yeah, but was that Christmas lunch was it edible? I mean, cooking one is one thing. Yeah, it was edible actually. It was it was really nice. I even did um, vegetarian pigs and blankets. So yeah. nice. What is that? What's vegetarian pigs? As in, like, what's in it? <laughs> Carrots. It, it was just vegetarian sausages and wrapped in bacon. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, well, that's nice. Well done. Very impressive. Thanks. Good stuff. And Lindsay, what about yourself? Because I know you like cooking already, so presumably you've found other things to do. I have. Um, I guess like Christian said, I've, I've got out and about quite a bit and our local park's been a bit of a saviour. And every time I'm in the park, actually, I think of one of the episodes we did with Wildly Pip and looking at all the nature and wildlife in the local park. So I've kind of, it's been quite nice to see the different seasons happen. And also the strange things you come across in the park as well. So there's the Royal College of Music and Drama. And I've seen a guy playing a tuba outside in the summer. 
Um, further up the park, I've seen a guy with a keyboard outside on the sort of cricket field and um, all sorts of activities. So it's kind of, yeah, I, I guess I've, my observation skills have been brushed up a little bit more. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I think we've all definitely got to rediscover our our uh, our square mile, our our local area, haven't we? I definitely have. You know, this last I was looking through some photos earlier uh, from the last year, and you know, almost all of them are nearby, but a lot of them are things and places I'd never even seen before. So, you know, we've got to yeah. make the most of all the restrictions, which hopefully won't last too much into the next year. Uh, but it's great to see you guys all again and um, for this what is going to be I'm afraid to say our final podcast so this is our last ever Seismic Wales episode but we all thought we'd come back together for for one last episode Um, we've all had lots of other demands on our time and felt after a couple of years it was time to bring it to an end Um, and we're so grateful to all of you who've, who've been listening over the last two years since we started and We've seen the listeners go up over the last two years as well. Um, I think we've had 7,000 listens over that period and, and 24 episodes, something like that. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. No, that sounds good. And I, I was having a little look earlier because there's quite a global spread of listeners and it was like from Birmingham to Bataan. So I was, I was pretty chuffed with that. That's not bad going, is it? So we started from nothing and uh, we we ended up somewhere and... And I think uh, it's been a great experience, but more of that to come in a little bit. Um, but before we reflect on on that uh, last couple of years, Lindsay, you have uh, been the one of us who has been busy with the podcast in recent months because you've actually gone out and done some interviews, haven't you? And this time it's all about bees, I understand. Yeah. Um, so before, um, before lockdown, um, I had been chatting to somebody called Tamsin from... Um, a small business called Blossom and Nectar and the plan was in early spring to go and interview her and chat to her about her bees and her whole business is um, built on you know sustainability and particularly about how you support wildlife and bees. Um, Lockdown happened so I couldn't do that and then it got to the point where it's just like one when we came out of I think it was second lockdown and um, everything was a bit safer I suppose and things were starting to open up and people were getting out and about and I actually took um, two mics out with me socially distanced mics wearing their little face masks and managed to get an interview outside so I apologize for some of the sound there's there's lots of little noises in the background because um I think it was just like sound bouncing around a bit but um, it was just really nice to kind of have that sort of chat with both Tamsin from Blossom and Nectar and Liz from Farmer Bees, um, who runs a um, in sort of educational engagement project with Cardiff University. So it was just it just felt really good to get out there and do that again. And just before we, we go into the interview, just just tell us briefly, what is Farmer Bees all about uh, in general terms? So. Um, Farmer Bees is a research project at Cardiff University, so um, there's loads of different strands of what they do, but as well as having their own, I think they're the redwood bees, if I've got it right, um, they also look at the um, medicinal properties and medical properties of um, honey, Um, so they're looking at it from that sort of side, as well as kind of um, educational outreach with schools to, you know, for young young children to sort of understand why it's important that we support our wildlife 
and in particular our bees and what their role is in with the sort of wider ecosystem. Tamsin, I own Blossom and Nectar in um, Pontcana, Pontcana Muse, just off Kings Road. It's a sustainable, pollinator-friendly gift shop. It's like a little boutique, isn't it? So, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's turned into that over three years now. I've just started doing small little things and now I just support as many beekeepers and natural things as I can. And Liz, tell me who you are and how you know Tamsin. Oh yeah, so um, uh, my name's Liz and I work on the Farm and Bees team at Cardiff University in the School of Pharmacy um, and I do outreach and engagement so I mainly work um, with schools and kind of community outreach um, and I know Tams because one day she messaged me on Instagram <laughs> and uh, we met up and I showed her the Redwood Bees and uh, from there, yeah, we just kind of... Yeah, stayed in touch and yeah, yeah it's it's it costed everybody. <laughs> so it's basically bees, bees that brought, bees brought us together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we had bees years ago on Cardiff City Farm, many, 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 many years ago, um, down in Hadfield Road. And I wanted bees for years and couldn't because I just had a family and a corporate life. And then um, I was a little bit lost in 2017 and got told to start beekeeping for anxiety. So I tried that and. Um, I'm not sure it's brilliant for anxiety sometimes <laughs> on a rainy day, but it just slows you down and it helps you and it just spiralled into being very interested in that way of how candles make, how beeswax make you better, the candles make you better, all the medicinal purposes of honey and how we don't need to have all the chemicals in our life really. And tell me a bit about your shop and it's very... Um it's very bee themed and what's, it is what's, bee -themed. The, what's the idea behind it all? It was just me drawing a bee, putting it on some products and having my stuff that I made from having my own hive and then when I came here I needed to fill a shop and I couldn't make everything fast enough myself so I just went out and found either people that draw bees and screen print them the same as me or they make sustainable um, ethical products that are pollinator related or they're actually beekeepers and they make their own stuff so then I just I wanted it to be supporting small businesses supporting UK businesses and also not having any imports and I know um, I've bought some of the honey mm. and um, even things like the packaging and the labeling you've got seeds on the labels. Yeah, well I looked at honey wrapping and a lot of them are plastic mm. which then meant that you, you're contributing to landfill most of landfill is like full of pollutants it's just going to kill the bees so it seems really horrible to one take their honey and two kill their habitat so they can't actually do anything so I just made all the labels out of seed paper so that then you can grow back more flowers so that then you make more honey and it just continues the circle of life. And, and Liz kind of talking about the, the bees and you know the, the importance of them like your work you know is really about teaching people why we need to care. Yeah. So tell us a bit about what you do. Yeah so um, I work for the Farmer Bees Project and that kind of got started like Tamsin said um, doing research um, about Welsh honey and how it's kind of a superfood and how we can research um, honey to look for new antibiotics because um, there's an antibiotic crisis going on right now where traditional antibiotics aren't necessarily fighting everything off um, and we so we look at how um, honey and then different plants can um, fight traditional mainly bacteria um, 
to see how we can develop new antibiotics to fight um, different diseases. So we researched the honey and originally this kind of started out as a research project where we tested over 500 samples of honey from across Wales and we found um, one that kind of acted like a super honey, like, as we right. like to call it, and it fights against MRSA um, and lots of other nasty diseases. Uh, and that was really exciting for us. Uh, so we're looking at trying to make new medicines. So we look at the honey and then we can analyze the pollen within the honey and then we can identify the plants um, using DNA analysis from where the bees visited. So dandelions is one of our favorites and it has a lot of antiviral compounds. Um, but basically um, what we do is we do a lot of research um, around different honey products. But then I specifically work in outreach and engagement, so I get to talk to um, school kids around Cardiff um, about the importance of bees, biodiversity, and then a bit about bacteria and antibiotics as well. I help to develop um, different curriculum sets um, around science lessons uh, to try to get kids more involved in science and then also be more in touch with nature. So and we did a lot of different hands-on activities. And then this year with COVID, obviously, <laughs> um, we couldn't quite go into schools. But we've put all of our resources online, so anyone can go online um, and download. And we modified a lot of our activities to be more at-home activities instead of being in a classroom setting. Another project that we've kind of started doing out of um, lockdown has been the Rewilding Cardiff project. So we've developed a wildflower seed mix um, that we're giving out to different people in the community. And basically you can plant it at home um, and it's 10 different native species um, around the UK and Blossom and Nectar actually has some of those seeds so that's yeah. exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can plant the seeds and then hopefully it'll give a space um, for the bees, kind of like a nesting habitat, uh, as well as food um, that they can have. And we're hoping that a lot of people will plant them around Cardiff to help um, support yeah, bees and different pollinators. And we've given out um, around 500 packets, so that's really exciting. Um, and I have some on my windowsill actually, and I have some nice cornflowers in bloom right now. Um, <laughs> but I think it's been going pretty well so far, and yeah, it's been a success. Because we spoke to Worldly Pip back early lockdown and um, it was just a it must have been in April time because she was telling us about no mow May oh yeah and I know green squirrel and green city events have kind of been putting a whole campaign together over the last couple of months really getting people behind the no mow thing and it I guess all of us in our gardens as well need to let stuff grow and yeah I've, I've let my dandelions <laughs> grow Perfect. only had two I think but it was like they were still there so oh no that's good yeah yeah no I definitely think yeah just Having a kind of like a nesting site and a habitat for them is great. I mean, basically, as long as it's not concrete, you're doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, just kind of letting your grass grow. Plus, it's a great excuse to not cut the grass, yeah. especially in the heat. So <laughs> Yeah, and I know a few people that just sort of grow, like mow a space, so they've got a specific bit that's still high so that it doesn't just look like you've left your garden to look mm. messy. You've left a wild space for an area, and then you can still walk around your lawn. Um, but I think the misconception that all bees live in hives, whereas the majority of them do live underground. Right, okay. So they do live under your lawn, so don't mow your lawn because your chances are you're going to disturb them, they're going to come out. But the other thing is, is that if you put decking down or you put tarmac down, they literally don't have anywhere to live. Mm. So we just need to make sure that there's things for them to eat, but then there's places for them to live. I believe there's some kind of app or... <laughs> oh, <of> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so we actually, um, in partnership with the University of Glasgow, we've developed the Spotabee app, um, which is really exciting. So if you do see a bee in your garden, if you want to take a picture and upload it to our app, that'd be really awesome. Um, and we have different... ID resources online and even if you can't ID it, it's still just helpful to upload the picture and kind of 
site where it was taken. So the app is called Spot a Bee, and basically you can upload your photo of a bee and do your best to identify um, what kind of bee it is and then what type of plant you saw it on, or if it was just in a general area. Um, but basically we're using um, all of those data points to try to figure out what areas need more um, plants and biodiversity and kind of areas for bees to rest and um, feed. And then also we can just study, I guess, the biodiversity in whales and kind of see where populations are um, and kind of what we can do to help support them. So if we notice large gaps, we can potentially look into seeing, well, how can we, what can we do in those areas to kind of support? And what's the state of, I suppose, the pollinators and bees in whales at the moment? Like, um, I would just say probably not great at the moment. Um, I would say worldwide it's not, bees aren't doing very well unfortunately. Um, they're in decline at the moment and that's really because um, there's destruction of habitat and kind of food sources. So I mean there's lots of things you can do just in your backyard by either leaving a little area you don't have to mow or planting some wildflowers or just letting kind of the space grow naturally the way it was. It doesn't even have to be your whole yard. Don't spray but stuff. Don't spray stuff, yeah just kind of let it go natural. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think just there's lots of different things you can do. Um, we found through some of our research in the past that some bees are actually moving more into urban areas because of um, in the agricultural areas, they're just with a lot of monoculture um, and just pesticide use, there aren't a lot of spaces for bees to go. So they're starting to come into urban areas because if people have little gardens or windowsill plants, it kind of is an area that they can go. So that's been really interesting for us to... And is there any to. strange places in Cardiff you might find some bees? Where are they hanging out? That Ooh. You kind of well, there's actually a lot of buildings in Cardiff that have them on their rooftop, right, okay. which I always think is fun. Um, so we have them on the roof of the School of Pharmacy, and there's nine buildings across campus that have them. But I know um, there's a few hotels in Cardiff, and um, Royal Hotel. the Royal Hotel, yeah. And then I think um, on top of the, is it the Senate down yeah. in the bay, they have them oh, as well. Oh, they've got them up there as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the Pierhead building. Okay. And I guess for the super honey, you've got like a special recipe, maybe, of what <laughs> so, you, what you um, provide for them. You've left yes. some wild spaces outside yes. campus, haven't you? Yeah, no, we've definitely, we've left some wild spaces and we've identified um, through our research quite a few of the flowers that we think kind of create in a mix the antibiotic properties. So we've tried to replicate that across campus in hopes that the bees will feed there. I mean, you can't control where a bee feeds, but no. we're trying to encourage them with different areas we left wild. And then we've planted some of the specific plants around. So like dandelions is one of them, bluebells, clover, um, and oak tree are all ones that we've found in our research are really interesting to look at. So hopefully they'll be yeah. <laughs> visiting those plants. Depends what mood they're in, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> So great interview there, Lindsay, with um, Tamsin and Liz, and and really nice to bring to bring different aspects of this bee theme uh, together. Do you feel you got a lot out of the interview? They sounded like so passionate about uh, these about bees, and they're obviously so important to our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you know, on first impressions, you might just see a shop, and then it's when you go inside and you speak to Tamsin, and you you know you really get a sense of her passion for everything in her shop and how it supports wildlife and or social enterprises or local businesses and she talks about how you know she's incidentally met these different people like Liz um, and a, a relationships formed that's you know they've worked together then handing out seed packets to the local community that feeds back into the project so there's there's just this like um, just, I, I felt like Tamsin was almost like a queen bee herself 
you know she's kind of she's got this little hive of activity with all these people that she's connected to and you know gets them involved in her her own hive there's a whole bee scene buzzing away in Cardiff there was the there was yeah that's good well, to know yeah there is you get that sense don't you because of uh, the rooftop stuff as well i love that but um oh god probably the vast majority of people in the city wouldn't even have a clue um i was aware of like one or two of them but i didn't realize there were so many yeah. The beehives on on the roofs. That's I, I love that. Uh, but be, before we uh, before we go uh, in this episode, as I say, this is our final episode, and uh, I just thought it'd be good to talk about our memories of the podcast. You know, we've been doing this a couple of years now, and uh, it's a sad moment. But I I don't know about you guys. I've I've got so much out of doing it. I've really enjoyed talking to the interviewees. I've learned so much, and and also socialising with you guys. Uh, Lindsay, have you got any particular memories or highlights? Uh, anything that stands out for you in doing Seismic over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's it's just been really good personally, because I think I might have said before, I kind of accidentally got involved in the podcast and it's, it's pushed me personally, but I've really enjoyed um, getting out there, chatting to people, you know, visiting different locations, hearing people's stories and kind of you know just yeah the chat for me it's just been really good fun so um I'll, I'll miss doing that and you know who knows what what will happen in the future I'm sure there'll be some other things we'll probably get involved in together but um I guess a personal favorite and one that always comes back to me probably because it's one of the first ones I did on my own um was chatting with Dave King um from the Tidy Rivers group because he was just such a hero and just such an amazing not just him but the whole group in terms of what they're doing and I think you know that sort of opportunity for us to go and meet and chat to all these people that are just doing fantastic stuff I think you mean Dave King MBE Lindsay oh, I know oh, yes, I know he's yeah after that's... our episode not long well I, I can't remember how long after but yeah he got uh, an MBE so it was just fantastic yeah and yeah you get to talk to people like that giving you their time that's just magic really isn't it yeah and I actually I met up with Dave myself then for a later episode so the, around this time last year or actually you know, it was Jan, back in January when we had the floods and uh, I popped down there to talk to him about the clear up after the floods um, in the river Taff oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah he was uh, and he's a great a great guy to talk to and and um, as, as well as doing amazing work and, and what about you Christian anything that stands out for you uh, over two years of seismic whales yeah loads um probably too much for me to say um i'm i'm proud I, I love the sort of clarity of an idea that's followed through and has a start middle end we at the start anyone who's thinking of doing a podcast or who does a podcast you have to think of your idea what is it keep it concise and like follow it through you know and uh we set out as we've said to meet people who are really making a difference in their community um to shine a light on that good stuff when we know the challenges that are going on in the world. If you look at the news and it brings you down and we saw it as an antidote to that. That's what we want. That's the conversation we had. We wanted to shine a light on good people doing great things in your neighborhood and, and you know, in people's neighborhoods. And that, that's exactly what we've done. Um, and then I guess echoing what you said, the people we've met, if you, Dave is, you know, similar to everyone else we've met, uh, dedicated, passionate, selfless, gives their, they all give their time. It doesn't matter if it's Cardiff Sour Garden, if it's um, a biodiversity project, a food growing project, or, or you know, um, company for, for Stineog that we spoke to as well. 
the guys up there. I mean, this, this it's the same traits that you see in people. Um, it's that amazing sort of selflessness um, and just Community. dedication. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing I've always loved secretly is uh, when we've, you know, we've had episodes with different things and, and people aren't aware and it's in their neighbourhood. So like Cardiff Salad Garden is a good example. So when you say to people, oh, in central Cardiff in Butte Park, there is a couple of people running in a sort of um, polytunnel. There's a couple of polytunnels that the council <laughs> have kind of given them organic salad and they get volunteers and people who come over to the country and probably don't know many people and they have communal lunches and those salad leaves are grown organically and they get biked to cafes and restaurants in central Cardiff as organic salad um, and uh, the amount of people who's like what you know I had no idea that there was that and so there's always nice to have that and it's you know under your nose um, we didn't know about it until we found out about it. But that's that, that's the other beauty of what we've done, I think, is just yeah. say, but it is, I do think it's a snapshot. We've done a two, it's been a two year snapshot. So hopefully they will be there for some time on, on a platform. Um, and in two years time or five years time, if somebody else was doing something similar, it would. The, the, the reality is it would be similar people doing similar things in their community. And what we've done is sort of, you get a 2018 to 2020 kind of look, this was what was going on in Cardiff. and some areas of Wales as well at that time. Yeah, and there's no, there was no shortage of stories to cover for this podcast. And I think that is a tremendous tribute to the grassroots projects that are going on across Wales. There must be so many more that we haven't covered and people who are just doing things in their own communities that perhaps don't always get the recognition they deserve. And with everything else, with everything else that's going on in the world, sometimes it's very easy to feel a bit down about it and you're quite right Christian that this is a real uh, much needed antidote to uh, the doom and gloom and it does show that some of the amazing stuff that can go on um, and I think on a personal level as well for all of us this has been the first time we've done a podcast and um, you know we've I certainly I think we've all learned a huge amount about how to put a podcast together we haven't always got it 100% right uh, but this is how you learn about doing it and uh, you know as well as the social side uh, getting to grips with uh, the recording and editing and, and all the research and everything has, has been great fun. Yeah, the um, actually, the, the something else that stood out, it's, it's like a comfort zone thing. And Rich, you know, we episode one, Repair Cafe, we met, uh, we went and met John in uh, the, the engineers building, Cardiff University. And I was relatively nervous about that, me and you, because it was our first episode at a mic you know, levels and is it all right? <laughs> but John was amazing. That was brilliant. And I followed it up with going to the Repair Cafe in Cate's, I think that weekend. And I have just, I was just so nervous um, about speaking to people there, the, like using the mic, the volume levels. It was just all, I was borrowing my friend Luke's mic, I think at the time. And I got it all wrong and I got someone's name wrong and I was really nervous. And it, but it turned out okay. But what was amazing was episode two, Big Moose, I was absolutely fine. It was just having to go through that sort of, you just learn on the job. Like, it's a nerve-wracking experience, it is. isn't it? But it, it does very quickly get easy. You just realise you're just talking to people and you just press record. But for some reason, I don't think I was the only one. I think we all did it to some extent. Yeah. And Rachel, what's been your favourite memories or what, what have you appreciated most about doing the podcast? 
Well, that's quite a tough question. There's been so many um, brilliant interviews we've done and I've learned so much about kind of what's going on locally in Cardiff um, and all the great projects we've been that people are working on I think for me the best thing about doing the podcast has to be the social side of it so the four of us coming together having a drink or two or three uh and yeah just having a chat and talking about stuff that really interests us I think yeah I'm gonna really miss doing the podcast with you guys oh I'm feeling really sad now it's been great working (laughs) it's been great working with 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 you Lindsay and Christian getting to know you and working with you on the podcast I'm sure we all share that sentiment. So I'm thanks sure we'll so much, still Rachel. Get back together though at some point. So hey, that's it. Never going to see you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not true. I hope to see you very soon. We're going to have offshoot podcasts, you know, like films, and then you get the, the, the what they what are they called like Tucker's Luck. Yeah, you get some like offshoots of you know like the Joey. Mandalorian with Star Wars and stuff. So Rachel will go off and do her own thing now, and we'll turn up in cameos and things like that. Speaking thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have got any plans you want to share, any other podcast projects in the pipeline, where else people can check you out? Oh, Rich, you know, I've always threatened my classic 90s albums podcast. Do it. <laughs> it's, it's a year on since you threatened it, so it's got to be I know. up soon. I think Rich edited that out from last Christmas episode. Did I think you? I was quite disappointed. Yeah, I think you did. Or did you not? I can't remember. I can't remember. What I about can't you, remember. Rich? I'll have to listen to it. <laughs> I'd love to listen to that because I share that interest. So I'd encourage it. If you can if you can find the time at some point in the future to do that, Christian, I'll definitely subscribe. Maybe I will, Rich. Maybe I will. I think you should. I think you should. What about you, Linz? Um, I don't really know at the moment. I always end up doing stuff by accident. So this podcast was an accident. So it's quite likely I'll probably do another one in the future if somebody comes to me and says, do you want to do this or come and talk to me about that? So... I'm I'm of the moment, so who knows? Watch this space. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Rich? Uh, well, I've got I've got an idea for a podcast for Welsh learners, so I'm I'm kind oh, of cool. mulling that over. So that may that may turn into something at some point because uh, I've learnt Welsh myself, so it's a particular interest of mine. Um, and uh, yeah, I will miss doing seismic though because uh, you know they, they they are such great stories, and who knows maybe. I'll come back to that sort of idea at some point in the future because um, sustainability yeah, is, is a personal passion of mine and there's so I, many great stories out there. I was going to say, I, I don't think, you know, we are saying, you know, this is our last episode, but like, you know, James Murphy, LCD Sound System, he said, well, this was their last gig, was it? I was like going to say, this oh. sounds like a rock band. Yeah, rock band. Are we band. slipping into <laughs> your next podcast? Here? Yeah, we are, yeah. Um, well, actually, he was, he was noughts, really, not 90s. Rich, come on. Noughties, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think um, it is. You know, the, you get that sort of Black Sabbath, this is our last tour, and then they go the next year, and then they go the next year. So, um, but no, I, I just, I, this is a long way of saying it, my point, is that I don't think we're... <laughs> it's like the Friends reunion. Oh, yeah, scenic route way of saying it. I don't think we're closing the door fully. It's Never say of, never. Never say never. I think, I think, Lin, I wait for Lindsay to come to me with another random <laughs> idea, like like this one. Because she's very good at that, aren't you? I mean, there was this, and we did project we're, together, isn't it? We, we did another project together. We did Geek Speak together, uh, which uh, there's no space to go into now. But uh, you know, <laughs> this is the second time you've come to me with a great idea, and um, so yeah, I'll just we're I'll just sit team. here and we're a good team. And, yeah, good team. I'll wait for you to come back with something else. <laughs> Excellent. In the new year, maybe let's have a break. For maybe us, in so. the new year. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's it's been great catching up with you guys. Um, yeah. So nice to, to speak again. And uh, definitely let's all stay in touch. And thank you to all of you for listening over the last uh, two years to Seismic Wales. Thank you to all of our guests and contributors and everyone who's sent us lovely comments as well. That's meant a huge amount to us. And as I say, those episodes are still there to listen to. Uh, maybe we'll pop up in some other form in future. Uh, but for, for now, uh, it's it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye and goodbye from, me. from you, hopefully. <laughs> goodbye from me Any as final well. words? The three Happy Ronnies. Christmas. Have a good one. Have a great one, yes. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye.